Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Hey there, Global Church. Hope you're doing well. It's so good that you're tuning in with us here at Global Church Online. If you don't know me, my name's Andy, and along with my wife, Anna, we, we lead and spear the, the churches here based in York in the United Kingdom. Um, but we really wanted to share with you and carry on the, the theme of what I've been sharing the last few weeks about that God wants to put a new picture in your head, in your mind, in your thinking. He also wants you to listen to a new voice. Last week, we were looking at like, who are you listening to? Like, what, what, what goes on in that mind of yours? And who are the, the voices that you, you have on repeat going around your head? Because um, it's so easy for us to start declaring things over our own life. I, I use declare in a way we sometimes talk in, in, I guess, in the Christian world about like what we speak. And as you declare something, it, it's not just um, that, that has no effect. You know, we, we talk about as we raise kids, we want to speak over their lives, we want to speak into them. You know, any child psychologist would say that, you know, the more positive affirmations that you can speak into a child in those early formative years, it's so powerful in how they develop and how they grow and how they feel like nurtured from a young age and actually impacts their life so much into their future and even into the children's lives of their children. So, you know, we, we as I guess we believe that what we say has power and also therefore what we hear or what we receive into our life and into our thinking has power. It impacts how we think. But, you know, so much of what we hear isn't necessarily the whole truth. You know, there's so many times where, you know, I know my own life, I've heard things and it, it brings you down and nothing's necessarily changed. But just that that word that I've maybe heard, whether it's a complaint, whether it's a, um, you know, my wife and I, we run businesses and, and some of it's holiday let properties, some of it's uh, in children's nurseries. And honestly, when we get a complaint, it's like, oh, we honestly take it personally. And, and at the start of our journey, it, it kind of really, really shot, you know, right through. And uh, it was hard to kind of like stomach it thinking, no, 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 they, they must be wrong. And actually over time, we've had to realize that, you know, we've got to, we've got to listen to the complaints. We've got to listen to the issues. But we, there's a certain way of how to hear things without it always pulling you down. Because life can be like an emotional roller coaster. I remember growing up just always being on the high or the low, depending on what I heard, what people said. When I was at school or college or, or, or a young adult, just hearing things. And if there were good things, I'd be like, top of the world. But as soon as someone maybe said something that I didn't agree with or I didn't want to hear, it brought me right down. And what I realized is that actually my emotions and how I felt about life was, was less about me and actually more about what other people were saying to me or what I thought other people were thinking about me. That's how powerful it is. And I guess there was a time where I realized I need to get off the roller coaster of what other people think and what other people are saying and actually start to get used to hearing the right voices. And even my own mind you know, our own mind, like you might think, well, that's maybe a good voice to hear. You know, if I'm happy, then that's a good thing. And if I think this is the right course of action, well, I'm going to pursue it. But do you know what? So often our own thinking isn't isn't correct, isn't straight. It's a little bit, it's a little bit woo, a little bit way, you know, it doesn't line up. So really, we need to hear the truth. We need to hear about the way, uh, you know, and Jesus is the self-proclaimed, the way, the truth and the life. You know, because when we start to hear what Jesus says about us, that's when we start to experience freedom because that's the truth. You know, we don't want to have half truths or little bits of truth that have been 
uh, infected with, with a tinge of a lie. Because so often what we hear, it's not completely um, unfounded or completely, you know, just flat out wrong. You know, in so many things that we hear from other people or even our own mind, there is usually a greater truth. And that's what makes it so uh, powerful and damaging because that grain of truth gets slightly warped or distorted, or I've used the word perverted last week. And that little bit of distortion can make a world of difference. I use the example about, you know, when Satan was in the Garden of Eden with, with Adam and Eve, he distorted God's truth. He didn't flat out go against it. He just changed it slightly. And it's those slight changes that are so dangerous because if you knew it was just completely wrong, <laughs> you'd be easy to kind of, it wouldn't be camouflaged from your thoughts and you wouldn't, you wouldn't accept it into your mind. But so often truth and what goes on in our mind is just slight distortions of what is true. And so it's so important that we get hold of the truth and the truth is found in the Bible. You know, that's the word, the word of God. It was, it was written by men, but it was inspired by God. You know, and so there's so much truth in that book that we, you know, the more we can get on the inside, the more our thinking starts to line up. Because so often we need that plumb line. For any builder or tradesperson, they know that they need to have, if it's, if it's a builder starting a building, it's the setting out drawings. You know, the architect's plans. It's like, this is where the foundation starts. This is the amount of concrete. This is, all those things are critical for whatever you build on top. And that plumb line, when you're building a fence, it, you know, to make sure it's straight, it doesn't start curving or zigzagging through the field. You know, so often we need it to be straight because if we start straight, we can build strong. And that's what we believe in Globals, that, that we want to build a church and with people that are trying to build their life straight and strong, but with the power of God on the inside. Because by ourselves, we're not going to do a great job. It's a bit like, you know, you trying to say that your work's great, it, you need an outside perspective to kind of give you that objective view to say, actually, it's a little bit wonky. You know, if we had to assess our own lives, sometimes we're, we, we want to think that we're doing better than we are or that everything's just fine. But actually, we do need other people to sometimes look on in and ideally people that love, they respect, that they rate you. And in global, that's the kind of community that we're always trying to build and encourage that people. We do speak into one another's life, our love, our kindness. But we do speak in because that's loving, you know. It's not that we hold back on the, gosh, I, I look like that fence looks like it's really crooked. You know, if someone's going to walk off a cliff, you want to stop them. Even if they think that's the right way to go, you think, no, I'm going to stop you because that's going to be the end of you. And so, you know, we're passionate about helping people build strength, build strong. So who you listen to completely impacts the results or the life that you're going to live. And you can hear a new voice. You know, that's just a, a summary of really last week and that new voice just to reiterate it's God's voice and we find that voice so often in the Bible in his word not because they're they're musty words that have been written down thousands of years ago but actually because they are living words you know as different people read it as different sons and daughters people that are made in the image of God start to read the writings of God they they speak to us in a, in a different way they come across differently for all of us not that there's different truths but at certain moments in time God's word will almost like shine on your life like a light and other times when you read it or you've maybe read that passage before that part of the bible you it just kind of passes you by it might kind of intellectually sit in your mind but it's when that that living word starts to really like light up your life it's like boom we sometimes call that revelation you know when it when it drops from from the head to the heart 
You know, it's not a big drop, but that's such a powerful drop that goes on. And so I encourage you to, you know, the first time you read the Bible, it doesn't always spring to life, but persist with it. Keep going with it. And, and just little and, off, little and often, I would say, is often the best way to get into it. Because we're not trying to force people to do it like they ought, they should, they must. But we want to cultivate a desire. Because the desire is a bit like, you know, when you first start in a relationship, you know, with your partner or your spouse. It's like, rewind all those years if you have to. It was exciting. It was electrifying because you were so, you know, interested to find out what's, what's going to happen next. You know, what are we going to find out? And, you know, you, you hang on every person, you know, their word and what they're going to say or every smile or every kind of emotion that's going on. And it's fantastic. And that's that's the relationship that we can also have with God. Not that, you know, we're going to take them out for a dinner or, or schmooze or anything like that. But we do get to spend time. We get to experience. We get to taste and see that God is good. And uh, and it takes a bit of time, a bit of practice. But that's why we encourage people to be part of the church, because we can start to journey what it's like to have a relationship with God, a living, active, dynamic, life transforming relationship, not something that's stale or stained glass. So um, let me carry on. So uh, we were talking about a new voice. And you might have noticed that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we we're looking at the picture, you know, what you see. And then we've looked at what you hear. And so really now I want to look at what we think. You know, there's that, that uh, I don't know if it's a Chinese or Japanese kind of picture of like, you know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. But so often it's, it's our thoughts, you know, at this, this, this point in the journey where we've, we've looked at what we see, we've looked at what we can hear. But what goes on in our mind? Because really it's our mind where the battlefield is most fierce. It's when the enemy is coming right against us. And the enemy is so often ourselves because we have almost ingrained in us these patterns of what we see or these patterns of what we hear that it then results in a pattern of how we think. And the Bible's so clear on how to help us start to win the battlefield of the mind. So my first point is, what are you thinking on? Right now, what, do you, what, what, what takes up most of your thought life? You know, as you go through the week, what are the thoughts that, you know, come into your mind when you're going through your, your, your job or your career or when you come home from work or when you're meeting up with friends or when you're trying to study or revise or, or do something? You know, what does your mind kind of filled with? And so often we're not very conscious about what goes on in our mind. But there's something to be said about thinking or stopping for a moment and just contemplating what's going on in between your two ears. Because what happens between your two ears and in your mind is what really is going to dictate so much of how you outwork your life. It's the thoughts that kind of come in and creep in. There's a great scripture I just want to start or jump right into. It's in 2 Corinthians. It's a book in the New Testament. It's an, it's a, it's an apostle, a church planner called Paul, writing to a congregation of people in, in one of the churches that he had planted. And he says, for although, although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energised with divine power to effectively dismantle the defences behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. I'm just going to pause there for a moment because this, if you've not heard it, this is from the, the Passion Translation. Again, a different translation, but it brings a new light. If you've been a Christian or a believer for a while, it's worth reading some of these other translations because it sheds, 
it takes it away from being a familiar scripture to something that has power. And so often when we're familiar with something, we just gloss it through, you know, like we're familiar with the way we drove home from work. We don't think about it. And in the same way, we can, the, the, the scripture, we can sometimes gloss over. Let me just unpack this a little bit further. You know, he's talking about how we, we do, we live in a natural realm. Day to day, we, we face things in a very natural way. I talked about it a few weeks ago about we often have this three-dimensional experience of life. But actually, you know, we don't wage war in the way that, current, you know, that, that humans do in terms of military campaigns and using weapons and manipulation to achieve our, our desires or our outcome. As believers, we don't have to use those tools. We use a different set of tools, spiritual weapons. They're tools and they're energized with divine power. So it's no longer about just human muscle and might. It's now about God's power who's working with these spiritual tools to, to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. You know, so there's certain things that people, humanity hides behind, you know, and often their beliefs, their thoughts, the mindsets that we've adopted so clearly. Ultimately, it kind of it finds itself as an identity. You know, you think of yourself as someone because of so many experiences you've had. And that becomes a stronghold. It becomes this is who I am. You know, th therefore, I cannot change. And that's a stronghold. You see, no power can change that. Even, you know, torture techniques that, you know, go on in Guantanamo Bay or whatever, you know, that the military can try to use to extract information. You know, we, we can't always extract or put in the truth. I mean, I love the film Inception, you know, trying to put in a thought into someone's mind. And there's a whole film, which is phenomenal if you haven't seen it, that just goes into all the intricacies of, of how hard it is to put a thought into someone's mind. And yet God says, you know, we can try and work this out through different things out there in the world and we can make some sort of impact. But really, it's a spiritual tool that we need to pick up to help us to really get behind some of the defenses that we have built up, defenses that aren't helping us. They might be defending us from from change. And I said last week about we so often do want to change, but it's fear that stops us from moving forward. Because while we're in a stronghold, even if that stronghold can make us feel safe, because in that there's a sense of security, but it's a bit of a false sense because we're not really experiencing the true abundance of life. We're not experiencing the fullness of what we were created for. You were made for more. You weren't made to be locked up as safe as I can feel like being in, in a prison cell because you know you don't have to experience what's out there in the world. God designed you to go and to go out there and to be like a ship in the ocean, cutting through the waves and cutting through, going to a destination, a purpose, a plan that he has for your life. One that's exciting, full of adventure, full of new thoughts, new experiences. And so, you know, while we can be sometimes locked up in our thinking and it can feel safe to some extent, it was not what we we're made for. We were made, we were designed for so much more. And so, you know, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God. It's good to use that word fantasy because sometimes, you know, you, we, it can feel so good. You know, I mean, there's so many things that are tempting in life, you know, things that we want to dwell upon and it's a fantasy. But actually, the fantasy doesn't serve us. We sometimes talk about the phrase of like, is it fantasy or is it faith? Because so often as Christians, we can almost slip into this fantasy, believing that something's going to happen, but it's a little bit unfounded. And, and actually, faith is more powerful. Faith is based on truth. It's not based on nothing. It's based on God's word. So we can test faith. We can test and make sure that we're not just 
believing in something that is ungrounded or unfounded. But we get to demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. You know, there are certain attitudes right now in your mind, even as you're listening to me today, that might think, I'm not sure if I completely agree. I'm not quite sure I'm going to, I think I know a little bit better. And you know what, your IQ, your EQ, whatever your intelligence is, there's a good chance it could be well in excess of mine. But it isn't about my intelligence, it's about God. I'm here just a messenger trying to pass on what's in God's word to, to the people listening today. It's not about who I am as much as it is about who he is. And so right now, do you put some thoughts in your mind higher up than God's thoughts? You know, when you hear things from the scripture, do you allow the scripture, the truth, to kind of position itself above your thoughts? Or do you actually try and make sure, well, it's good. It's a really good idea. In fact, I commend uh, the good teaching of Jesus. I think, you know, there's a lot of healthy things in what he says. But really, it just comes second. You know, it's, it's a high up ranking, but it's not quite first. And maybe even today you're thinking about how what you read in the Bible, it's very good. And, and I do, I take a lot of it on board, actually. But actually, there's certain things where I don't allow it to have first place in my life. And that's such, again, it's a small deception where it's like, I really rate the Bible. I really like what it says. But the enemy's kind of won you over. And can you see how sneaky he is or how deceptive it is? Because before we know it, we, we actually, we enjoy the Bible. No, I, really, I love the Bible even. I love what's said about it. It brings me strength. It brings me hope. But we might just be missing that one position of it being first and not second. It's a small difference, but it makes a huge impact. We talked last week about when Jesus spoke to disciples and they went fishing from one side of the boat to the other. It made no logical sense. But it's the difference between failure and success. When God's word is first in your life, it can be the difference between success or failure of what we're going through. Let me keep moving on. We capture like prisoners of war. I love this picture. Every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one, to Jesus. We capture every thought like prisoners of war. Because do you know what? Our thoughts are dangerous. If we don't have a filter that captures them, like, like an enemy, you know, it's out to get you. And sometimes your thoughts, it can seem like they're out to get you. It's mad because they live and they exist within us. So you kind of think, I'm just raging against myself. I'm a battling myself. We really do need saving from ourselves so often. That is almost the first place that we need to start. Saving from our own thinking, our own thoughts that condemn us, that they give, they pile on guilt or they pile on shame. There are so much that we ourselves, the damage that we do to ourselves is just, it's atrocious. And yet it's because we haven't captured those thoughts. We haven't stopped them in their tracks and saying, you don't belong to roam freely in my mind. You need to get back to the dungeon and you will disappear into oblivion. You know, I've heard that, you know, thoughts are a bit like birds, right? You can't stop a bird flying over your head. But what you can do is you can stop birds from building a nest in your head, on your hair. You know, in the same way, there are thoughts that, that, you know, we can't fundamentally stop them from coming into our mind. But what we can do is stop them building a stronghold, helping them to, to take ground in our mind. We can, we can stop the, the, the progress of the enemy deceiving his way into how we think. So what thoughts do you dwell on? What thoughts right now exist, you know, in your mind? You know, Philippians verse uh, chapter four, verse eight says, don't be pulled 
in different directions or worried about a thing. You know, it, again, it's Paul writing to a different church in Philippi, but he's, he's brilliant because so often, how often in life are we pulled in different directions and, and worried about what's going on, especially in a pandemic? You know, the direction keeps changing and, and we don't have control on that. And so our worry or anxiety just goes through the roof sometimes. But he says, so don't don't be pulled in different directions or worry about things. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, keeping connected to God Almighty. That's what prayer is. Offering your faith filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Gratitude. It's almost like I'm believing that good is going to come from the requests that I'm, I'm, I'm giving to God, that I'm passing on to God. Tell him every detail of your life, every detail. I love that because so often I think we think there's a disconnect between a bit like if you were to sit down in front of the queen or the king, you know, you wouldn't be kind of sharing what you had for breakfast that morning because we'd think that's just a little inappropriate. (laughs) But you know what? God is different. He is still a king and he's mighty. And there should be a fear and a reverence and an awe that we have when we're when we're present in him with him. But there's something as well that he does want to know every detail of our life, like this relationship between a son and a daughter and their father. It's so powerful. You know, I do want to know every detail of when my son comes back from school. I want to know what went on. I wish when they were at nursery and because we own the nursery, I used to have an office which happened to be I could see into some of the gardens when they were playing. And honestly, the amount of distractions of just seeing my son's playing in that is like unbelievable because you're seeing just them experiencing life, working things out, playing with one another every now and then doing something they shouldn't do. But you're just captivated. I, I, was, I was like, I, I got distracted from what I was meant to be doing just to just to enjoy what my children were up to. And in the same way, God wants to enjoy what you're up to. He wants to hear about what's on your mind, every little detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding. We can't understand how powerful or how wonderful God's peace is. If you haven't experienced it, I want to encourage you to to invite God's peace into your life today. And we're going to give an opportunity at the end of this message. It will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ because we do need God's peace to guard like a shield our heart and our mind. Keep your thoughts continually fixed. Another version of the Bible would say, fill your mind and meditate. Keep your thoughts Fixed. You know, it's good for us to meditate, to think on, to dwell on the truth or the promises that the Bible has for us. On all that is authentic and real, honourable, admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. Think about the best, not the worst. Think about the beautiful things in life, not the ugly things. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God praising him always, put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me or seen in my life, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. You know, it, there is a part that we have to play. And in one sense, it's, it's, it's not resisting the temptations or resisting those thoughts, because so often when we try and resist the thought, we're only giving it more oxygen, more power. You know, what you dwell on, you give energy to. I don't know about, about you, but when there's something that goes on at work and it frustrates me, I want to tell Anna, my wife, or some other people, anyone who will listen. <laughs> and that's really giving oxygen, energy to that thought. And it's, it's, it sometimes feels good in the moment because I'm like, I can't believe what happened. 
and we go on and on and we slightly elaborate or exaggerate the story, but it feels good because we feel like we're getting justice in, in retelling the story, you know, a bit of the gossip going on. But actually, do you know what? It doesn't feed what's good. It kind of, it feeds a, a negative part, you know, a, a, the thought which says, you know, people are not to be trusted and, and actually, you know, they're not great. When really the Bible saying, no, dwell on the good things because that's what we can do. Right now, we have the power to take captive every thought, like prisons of war, but then also to dwell on the good, dwell on the things that are positive. You know, there's a reason why, I guess, memes and different things that get shared on Facebook or Instagram, you know, we, we often like them or share them, or we sometimes even print it on a, onto a picture and put it on the wall, because there's something good about dwelling on, on what things that are positive. And this isn't just like a a tool for life coaching. This is, it, it stems from the Bible. You know, we, 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 so much of the truth that we experience or that we try and gravitate to in life is because it's come from God's truth. And then we use that in lots of different ways and it's fantastic. But here's the scripture that really summarizes, let's dwell on what's good. So consider what thoughts are dominant right now in your mind. Because what you see and what you hear will directly influence what we think about, what we what we spend time thinking about. What negative images do you allow in? You know, what, what shapes your thinking? Let me quickly move on. My second point is your mind is God's transformation machine for your life. I hope it doesn't sound too cheesy, transformation machine, but I believe that your mind is the gift that God has given each and every human being, each and every one of his children, the ability to transform our, our life, our situation, our circumstances, it starts with our mind. It starts right here within us. It's not the external. It's not when the government chooses to take restrictions off or, or chooses to allow us to go out and socialize. Those things I know are out of our control, but we can do so much. In fact, someone said, I don't know who it was, that 95% of life is not what happens to us. It's what we do with what happens to us. It's how we handle what happens or what approaches or what comes against us because that we have the complete power and, and authority to do something with. No one is in control of your mind. It is only you and you alone. And so you have the power to, to how you receive and how you respond to what life throws at you. And I'll tell you now, even being a Christian, life will not throw you a bed of roses. It will not always be smooth sailing. And uh, I could get into that, but I won't, because there's so much that will come against us because the world is broken. Humanity is broken. We have this issue of, of sin in our life and we need a savior. And until the whole of humanity and the world is restored back to, to, to Jesus, then we will not experience this bliss or harmony or, or, or the, 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 ultimately what is gonna be heaven on earth. So a scripture for this point is Romans 12 verse two. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think, a total transformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God, God's will, as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. You know, don't be, don't be, you know, don't copy the patterns of the world. Don't copy just the patterns of the person that you sit next to in the office or, or, or your mates that, that you maybe meet up for once a week or once a fortnight and have beers together. I'm not saying that they're wrong or evil, but you need to consider that we, 
there's the truth and that truth is found in the Bible and that is the pattern of how we can live life according to God's plan and purpose so that we experience the best. We experience the abundance. It's not to, you know, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It isn't about being transformed to something small and, and measly. It's actually about being transformed into the, the full and abundant life that Jesus came to give to humanity. You know, there's a reason why Jesus told his disciples, I'm the way, the truth and the life. I'm a, and he called himself living water, daily bread, you know, a source of nutrition and food that would continually fill people up from the inside, continually, continually feed the mind what it needs to be fed with. You know, that's why I keep encouraging us to, to tuck into the word of God, tuck into the Bible, just a scripture a day, one sentence honestly, will transform your life. And especially if you grab hold of that truth and meditate on it, spend time. You know, I know that when we when we hear things, it's so hard sometimes to shrug them off or to, to brush them off. You know, like I said earlier at the start, when we hear a complaint, it's like it sticks to us, which is why when we feed ourselves with the word of God, certain things start to drop off because we get a better perspective of what God thinks about us. And our maker at the end of the day, it's more important what he thinks about us than what people around us think about us. But if we're not careful, if we're not connected, if we're not in a relationship with our maker, then it's so easy for the people around us to dominate how we think and how we feel about our lives. Let me just come right through to my last point, which is this. Thoughts become things. In Proverbs chapter 23, it says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. So is he. You know, that scripture is that your thoughts will start to shape who you are. And so your thoughts are so powerful because they will become things. You know, there's so many resources out there that talk about, you know, what you dwell on, you know, can start to materialize. The universe can start to provide it. At the end of the day, it's just the power of what God has put in your mind. It's that transformation machine. And as we start to dwell on things, we start to move in that direction. As you start, if you know, the downside is if we start to dwell on the negative, we start to dwell on, you know what, I don't know if I'm in love anymore. I don't know if this relationship is right for me. As you dwell on that thought, it will materialise. Whether you're married and a divorce comes about or whether you're a partner or you're in the relationship and then at least a separation. As you dwell on that thought, it will become something. On the other hand, if you dwell on the thought of, you know, I believe that I can get through the challenges that we're facing right now in our marriage, right now in our relationship. I believe that there's going to be a way through. I know that there's there's more in me than what I've been able to give so far. As you start to dwell on that kind of thought, you realise you're finding energy for, the, for what you're facing. You're finding a way through to navigate. You know, just recently, uh, Adam and I, we, we, we've been looking, we've been thinking <laughs> out of the blue, really, about moving home. We only moved to our home about five years ago. We spent a lot of money doing it up. And um, it's been a labour of love. And we kind of already knew that it was never going to be a forever home. But actually, in the last few weeks, we've realised, you know, we're quite close to some of our businesses. And so we decided, imagine if we could live somewhere else. And that one thought has started to take root. And honestly, in the space of a few weeks, that one thought started to capture our attention. We started to explore different things. If, if you're in the UK, you know the app Rightmove. Before you know it, and I'm sure it's many women's you know, ideal of, uh, of just being able to relax, just looking at all the properties. And all of a sudden we start doing the same. And as we start to see the pictures of these properties 
as we start to talk about it in our conversations, we start to encourage one another that maybe this is possible. Our thinking starts to transform new ideas of how it could happen, how we could find a deposit, how we could maybe get the, the mortgage approved. All of a sudden, everything starts to kind of realign itself to achieve this objective. If I rewind even further, before Anna and I were married, you know, we, we, we started dating. And, uh, and when we first started dating, we'd been holding off for a while. And, uh, you know, for different reasons. I'll tell you about that another time. But honestly, there was a, maybe a few weeks in. And Anna, you know, I mean, she's a bold woman. And, uh, you know, she just dropped into the conversation maybe a month, honestly, after we started dating. She said, so when are we going to get married? And as a bloke, I was thinking two things, thinking, oh, my goodness. She said the N word. And then another part was thinking, hold on. She actually thinks that we could get married. Like, this is unbelievable. Because <laughs> honestly, Anna, um, if you haven't met her yet, she is way above my league. And certainly even more so when we first got together. But that thought, it came into my mind. And I think within 24 hours, I was thinking, if she's thinking that I have a chance of us getting married, then I'm going to take this opportunity. So within the space of, I think, three months of when we first started dating, we got engaged. And then three months after that, we were married. And uh, again, we can talk about that another week. But there's a reason Christians sometimes get married really quick when we talk about no sex before marriage. And, um, and it's not because we don't like sex. So anyway, that's another preach, another time. But our thoughts, they become things. They materialize. And God has given us, gifted us a powerful mind. It's created in the image in the same way when God created the world. He spoke things into being. He saw it in his mind and he saw the stars, the earth, the sun, the moon, everything. And he spoke it into being. I'm getting into another preach. I need to bring things to a close. What you dwell on will start to come into being. Let me just bring out these real quick. There's a reason, um, you know, when Abraham, he saw the stars. If you know the Bible, you'll know Abraham. He saw the stars and God said, your descendants are going to be more numerous than the stars. But he took him out of his tent to see the stars. He heard God change his name from Abraham to Abraham, the father of many nations. And he believed Abraham in his heart, in his mind, what God spoke over his life. That's the power. The disciples, they saw before Jesus went to the cross, they saw when he was getting baptized by John the Baptist, the dove, the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus. They heard God's voice speaking over Jesus. This is my son in whom I love, in whom I'm well pleased. And then from that day thought forward, they thought differently about this man called Jesus. He was more than a man. You know, Mary, she saw the empty grave. She heard the voice of the gardener and her thinking changed. Her life was transformed in that moment. The same can be true for you today. You know, hopefully you can start to see a picture of a better life. Hopefully you can start to realise that there's a new voice wanting to speak into your life, into your world. And that there's the power within you to change your thoughts, to capture those thoughts that are pulling you down. And instead, renew those thoughts into how God intended, dwelling on the things that are good, healthy and pure. I've said plenty today. If that's you today and you want to experience the transforming of your mind, if you want to experience God's plan, heaven coming to earth, heaven coming into your world right now where you're sat, then I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you have given us the ability to transform our lives through the power of our mind. And you don't leave us on our own, but you come alongside us. You come within us with the power of your Holy Spirit to help us to transform from the inside out. God, I want to ask that if we right now 
people that are sat there listening want to see that transformation. I ask that, that, that we as a people, we repent from our way where maybe we've had your word just in number two position, or maybe it's not even been on the top 10. Maybe it's been something that we've despised in the past. But God, I pray that we will repent from that thought and instead we'll say, I want to I want to put God's word right there as number one in my life. And if that's you today, I want to ask that you believe right now that Jesus wants to set you free, that Jesus wants to put a new thought. He wants to be king of your life so that you can live a life of freedom. It's not a life of slavery. It's a life of freedom. And, in, and if that's you today, just in your heart of hearts, say, God, I believe. I repent of my ways. I believe in your son, Jesus. I want to receive right now your Holy Spirit, a new thought, a new picture. I want to hear the new voice for my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you for tuning in. It's so good that you're with us. And come and tune in next week. Invite a friend. Tell them. Share the link. It's so easy. But you have a great week and we'll see you next week. Take care. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.